You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. When I was 17, I went overseas on a student exchange to Ecuador in South America. And within Ecuador, I went to this town where I reckon there were only about three people who spoke English. So over the year, as I learnt more Spanish, I understood more about the family I was living with and the culture I was living in. You see, language can open doors. So what does it mean to grow up with more than one language? Does it open more doors to your own cultural heritage or is it confusing and difficult to learn at school where you're speaking English? What does another language mean to those who live with more than English? Serene Damaki is a bilingual TV and radio presenter who is also a mum. Hi, Serene. How are you? Very well. Thanks, Siobhan. How are you? Good, thank you. So um, tell me again, what is your cultural heritage? So I was born in Beirut, Lebanon, and uh, came to Australia at the age of two. Mum's also Lebanese, and so is my dad. They were both born there and pretty much grew up there. But uh, yeah, mum came here. Yeah, we both came here when I was at the age of two. So when you were growing up, did you speak Arabic at home or how did language work in your home? Arabic was always spoken at home. In fact, it was a uh, directive. So you spoke Arabic at home? Yes, I was only allowed to speak Arabic at home. And what was that like for you? Do you have any recollection of what that process was like for you as you grew up and, you know, went to school and spoke English and went home and spoke Arabic? Definitely. (laughs) I remember um, quite vividly probably through my teens where I started to, I wanted to try and push back on this whole speaking Arabic at home. I'd always ask mum, you know, why? Mum speaks English. So English is her second language, not her first. So mum, as I mentioned, grew up in Lebanon and she's Arabic French educated. So when we came here, she was able to pick up, I think having French made it a bit easier for her to pick up uh, English. So mum could speak English, no problem there. So for me, it was this whole, why do I need to speak Arabic at home? We're in Australia. You understand English. I speak English. I don't want to speak Arabic at home anymore. Don't want to do it. Forget it. (laughs) What's the point? And I tr- kept on trying to push back and she, and she, would, she just would not let up. Um, she, you know, pretty much said, "Try you can try it, Serene. Go ahead, speak to me in English. Not going to answer you. Not going to respond until you speak to me in Arabic. So she made it very hard. She <laughs> made it really hard to try and I lost that battle, Siobhan, basically, into my trying to only speak Arabic uh, at home. And she did explain it to me, but I didn't understand it. Oh, I didn't appreciate what she was saying at the time. And she did say, look, you will get this when you're older, trust me. (laughs) And of course, as a teen, that's the last thing I want to (laughs) hear. No, of course not. And, And why didn't you want to speak Arabic at home? At the time, I just saw no point to it. I saw no Yeah, I just saw no point to it, even though I went to a school that was really mixed, actually, mixed race, mixed uh, cultures. 
I had friends that were of uh, Lebanese heritage. I had friends that were, you know, of Greek, Italian, Asian, like Vietnamese, Chinese, but we all spoke English. So I saw no point. Although Arabic would kind of jump in with my friends every now and again, admittedly, when we maybe didn't want somebody else to understand what we were saying. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So um, what did it mean to your mum? For mum, it meant a lot. The way she explained it at the time was that it had a lot to do with our culture. And again, I didn't quite understand. I didn't quite understand what that meant. I mean, you know, I was, I, I just didn't understand what that meant. She goes, it's got a lot to do with our culture. It's got a lot to do with, she used the words, so, you know, our traditions and our cultural heritage and speaking the language means more than just, um, you know, celebrating whenever it comes to maybe calendar events or when it comes to gathering with family, even when it meant to going to Lebanon. So I, my first trip to Lebanon, mum took me when I was nine and then we'd go every two years after that. I didn't realise at the time, hey, Serene, it's pretty good that you can speak the language because you can use it when you go there. I just did not grasp what it meant to be bilingual when I was about 13, 14. And what about now? You're a mum, you have your daughter. Do you speak Arabic to her? And, and what does it mean to you that she be able to speak Arabic? History is definitely repeating itself <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to that because it is one of those things that I tip my hat off to mum. I do thank mum. I basically have thanked my mum for forcing me to speak Arabic at home. <laughs> because I do now appreciate um, all that she was trying to explain and have me understand at the time. So with my daughter, Alyssa, yes, we do speak uh, Arabic at home. The English does come in much more than it did for me growing up, but I make a conscious effort to um, speak Arabic at all times, if not as much as possible when we're at home. And, and she is um, bilingual, so she understands Arabic and she speaks Arabic. And um, I've even managed to rope mum in twice a week to come and do some reading and writing classes in Arabic as well. <laughs> oh, look, I'm sure your mum loves that. <laughs> Learning a language for me did open doors to understanding a culture that was completely foreign to me. Obviously, for yourself and your daughter, Lebanese culture isn't foreign. It's it's part of who you are and your parents and, and grandparents, I imagine, that is all around you. Um, but do you feel that it allows you a greater connection to that heritage or a greater understanding of what it means to have Lebanese heritage? I think it does. Um, and that kind of became a bit more prominent and, and, and meant more to me after Alyssa was uh, born. And the only way I can kind of describe it is that I feel like I'm at home when I'm here in Sydney, but I'm also at home when I'm in Beirut. So I, mm -hmm. yeah, I can, I feel the pull between, um, between the two. And what, are there any songs or stories that really belong in the Arabic language that you tell your daughter? Um, 
Look, songs songs would be a definite. So, um, you know, I grew up listening to Arabic music and absolutely loved it. It was at home all the time. And um, my daughter's, uh, you know, getting exposure to that as well. She's listening to Arabic music. And only recently there's one that's on repeat that's starting to drive me crazy. <laughs> in the car, it's her first request. She wants to hear it over and over and over and over again. But what's really cool is that she's learned all the lyrics and now she's really trying to, you know, hit the notes and hearing her sing it. Um, there's a little special place in my heart whenever she she does. I, I play it for her just um, just for that. And it was an opportunity. We've, we were talking about it just the other day in the car, actually, when she was listening to the song, the song finished, and I was like, hey, Alyssa, don't you think it's kind of cool that you can sing this whole song in Arabic? And she looked at me like, well, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm getting somewhere, kid. I'm getting somewhere. Stay with me. And because um, she's asked, like, you know, why do we have, she has asked the question, why do we speak Arabic? Why don't we just speak English? And then I used that song as an example to say, look, if you didn't speak Arabic and you weren't able to sing this song, do you think you'd be able to enjoy it as much as you can. That's not to say that you can. You have to speak a language in order to listen to music and, and lyrics in that language. No, I think music is beautiful like that. I think it defies language barriers. You can listen to a song in a language that you don't understand, that you don't speak and still appreciate it. But it was an opportunity to bring that to the fore for Alyssa and she did stop and take a moment. She was like, Oh, yeah. I didn't think of it that way, Mummy. <laughs> and how old is Alyssa now? She's seven. Have you noticed that ha- her having two languages has helped in her education or was there ever a time where you worried that by speaking Arabic to her at home it was making it harder for her at school? I know that's something people can worry about when they're when their child's growing up with two languages. I love that question and you're absolutely right. I get asked that um, a lot as well. I think it was ignorance for me. No, I was never worried. that. (laughs) Honestly, it was complete ignorance. I was never worried. It wasn't a second thought that, you know, if Alyssa speaks Arabic, she's not, she's going to struggle with English or what if she speaks Arabic and then goes into pre-kindy and doesn't pick up English. It just wasn't a thought. Since she was born, I was only speaking Arabic to her. But just aside, if I can digress slightly, and I wonder if this plays a little bit of a part, for some reason, whenever I'm across, I come across babies or like baby animals, I'll start saying little baby words in Arabic, not <laughs> in English. I don't know why. I just, my default language, baby talk language is Arabic. So, <laughs> and I don't know if that's related. I don't know if that sort of talks to uh, just something on an, on an emotional level. I'm not too sure. But um, coming back to your question, no, I didn't think that um, Alyssa was going to struggle. I, it was the opposite. I thought we're in Australia. English is guaranteed. She's going to get it. There's no, like, there's just, there's no way to escape it. So for me, it was advantageous. In fact, it was the other way around. For me, it was like, ooh, I want to, you know, try and bring Arabic into her life as opposed to, oh, wait, is English going to be a problem? Oh, I love that. Serene, thank you so much for talking with us today. Oh, thanks for having me, Siobhan. I've loved it. 
That's Serene Damaki. She hosts Kindling Kids Radio's Mother Tongue. And Kindling, which is our sister company at Babyology, has a whole suite of bilingual stories in honour of International Mother Language Day that falls on February 21. We'll put links to where you can experience these stories in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a Babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.